Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Victoriously Anointed Podcast. Um, I'm so glad that you guys joined me on today. We have God Frame Terrence Ford with us um, to do the interview. Um, we ran into a little bit of technical difficulties, but we are here and we are live. We are pre-recorded, but we're doing it. <laughs> In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs> ah. So I'm going to um, give them a little bit about your background before we get started into the questions, okay? Let's do it. So, Godframe is a music producer, rapper, and entrepreneur on a mission to bring hope to the world through music and media. His first songs, Banging on Pots and Pans in His Mother's Kitchen at two years old, eventually evolved into playing the drums and piano in church. Making beats with MTV's music generator PlayStation video game and rocking at local events with other artists. Rapping and uh, I'm sorry, rapping at local events with other artists. Now, as a husband and father, he spends most of his time running his video production company, speaking at events, and producing more film and TV with credits and in, with credits including BET, VH1, NFL, and more. We thank you for being with us on today. God Frame is so excited for you to talk with us on today. <laughs> thank you. I'm glad to be here. Very honored. Thanks for having me. Yes. Um, and so um, I know that I um, follow you on social media. And so I saw that you, um, well, two exciting things happened. Um, one, you celebrated um, eight years, um, your eight year anniversary. And then the second thing was um, you got another um, um, song that you produced um, in an NFL. Was it co a commercial mm -hmm. or something like that? So how how. Um, how exciting was that for you? Um, just get another song chosen, um, first of all, and then celebrating um, just another year of just marriage. Yeah, it, you know, the one, of course, you know, it's weird because I live kind of in this duality right now, right? This world of, you know, some of my creative dreams are starting to come true, right? Like I'm producing music that's actually being heard <laughs> around the world and with some pr pretty prominent brands like, you know, the NFL and BET, VH1, like all the ones you mentioned. It's like, man, now these songs are starting to take off and I'm collaborating with these wonderful artists uh, and these other networks and things. And I'm like, I'm doing this all from my, you know, home studio, home <laughs> office. I'm like, I I'm just doing it pretty much from here. And so, it's been really cool to see, you know, that side of my life, like the creative side of my life start to take off while also enjoying, you know, like you said, we, we celebrate nine years of marriage with my wife, like, and, and just getting to get to celebrate those two things, like at the same time and one weekend, like it just, it felt really, really good. And it's just, it's a reminder to me, like one, like keep going, it makes me want to keep going as a creative person, but also to remember is like, God just kind of nudged me like, Hey, also remember you know, what all this is for, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is not just, you don't just make things to toss them out into the world and then people celebrate you. It's like, oh, rah, rah, you get awards and you get recognition. But, you know, family is the most important relationship that we have here on this earth. You know, if you're if you're married, you know, your spouse, it's like, that's it. That's, that's ride or die right there. That's homie, that's Jasmine, that's my boot thing. And, you know, it was just really cool <laughs> to get to celebrate both those things. Um, kind of all in the same weekend. It was nice. I think that's awesome. And I would agree with you too, that family is like uh, really important, not just like your uh, family that's like right there, but extended blended as well. Mm -hmm. And um, just um, being able to just kind of celebrate like um, in such a big way, that's like such a blessing. And so, um, and you still were reminded of just kind of keeping God like um, at the center point of it, that yeah. um, he's the kind of like the reason behind the success story that you're experiencing right now. Mm -hmm. And so did you ever think that like when you just when you first started music did you ever think that um you would like kind of get here hmm. when i first started music did i ever think i would get here um when i was younger i i would have you know i would hope that i would get here you know like you know, growing up you know everybody you know if you if you got any sort of rap or producing skills or whatever it may be doing anything creative you kind of start with these dreams of, oh, I'm going to be famous one day. Like that was the goal, right? I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be world, well, you know, world renowned. I'm going to get Grammys and Stellars and all this stuff. And, and, you know, as, as the years progressed, you know, and I saw that my Spotify streams were not popping, like, <laughs> like a lot of other people's <laughs> were, you know, that, that 
that dream sort of started to fade a little bit. And I think it was it was good because God used those periods and even now use those periods to remind me that like, man, one, you don't have to be rich and famous to make a living doing your creative art, right? There's the people who, who quote unquote make it, like everybody has kind of a view of what making it looks like, especially in music. People think like, oh, if you made it, you have to be on stage at you know, the BET awards, or you have to be selling, you know, multi-platinum records and, you know, all that stuff is good, but there's a whole plethora of musicians, you know, some people call them middle-class musicians who are making a pretty good living doing their art. And a lot of people don't know who they are, but they've got their core audience or their core, you know, services or whatever. And they're either touring, you know, locally or nationally or, they're selling merch or they're doing sync music licensing, like what we're talking about, you know, getting songs placed on film and TV and, and uh, video games and things like that. And just finding a way to make a great living and not having to be quote unquote famous. And so as that, as I, as I kind of realized that I'm probably not going to be the most world renowned, I still could be at some someday, but at the end of the day, the win is being able to enjoy making this art and get paid for it, period. So I've already won, already, you know, surpassed my wildest dreams. Like, man, I actually get to do this every day. That is the win, period. So as accolades come and placements come and, you know, God keeps doing new things, it's like, that's just bonus. That's just icing. Um, and so did I think that I would be here one day? A long time ago, I hoped that I would have some sort of music success like this. And then that kind of waned, and I changed what wins look like. And then now it's like, all right, new dreams coming alive. Like now that I see what's possible, it's like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I absolutely imagine myself here and beyond because God can do anything. I would definitely say, ooh, I would definitely um, say that God can do anything. And I, um, the thing about it is, like, when you said, like, kind of when you found out that your Spotify stream wasn't popping like you thought it was going to be popping or, or popping like um, someone else's, um, you didn't give up and didn't stop there. You kept on going. Not saying that, uh, you know, the process of seeing that wasn't kind of like, um, wasn't, didn't um, hurt you, like, didn't hurt or something like that. Because sometimes when you when you do stuff and you don't see that it's producing like in the area that you thought it was producing, um, but the fact that you didn't allow that to stop you and you kept on going, um, can you kind of tell us like um, a, a little bit of your journey? Like um, how do you overcome something like that when you see that things aren't going according to your plan, but if you keep on going, you are a testament that um, they can still work out. Um, so how do you, um, how did you kind of get over that hump and just keep on going? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, it's a couple things. You know, what got me over, over I can't talk. <laughs> what got me over that creative slump, right? And feeling like, oh man, like I shouldn't, I shouldn't be doing this anymore because I'm not going to be famous at it, right? Like what got me over that is a couple things. One, um, just getting comfortable with the fact that me putting things out into the world doesn't make God love me any more or less. Like that was the first thing. Like I, I realized that I had placed too much of my identity in being a creative person, being a musician, a rapper, a producer. And I felt like, like, dang, like if I'm not doing these things, then I'm nothing or who am I rather? Um, so once, you know, God used kind of that quiet period to, to reassure me like man first of all your identity as a believer especially like i'm a child of god i'm made in god's image uh oh You 
Hey, one second. I got to change the battery in my camera anyway, so I'm glad that, that you dropped. I'll be right back. Hold on. Get myself together, okay, okay. Get record over there. Boom, that's nice. All right, I can't hear you. Oh, you're muted. I think you just need to hit the unmute button. We'll be good. Okay. Bow. Okay. My so phone um, decided to link back up to the um, other internet connection, and then it went out. So. Come on, phone. <laughs> right, man. We need you to have light. <laughs> Um, so I, I remember where I was. I like, was let me hear your right. <laughs> so, so I remember <laughs> where, I, where I was about to pick up. So, basically, uh, once, once God, you know, used that quiet period to remind me, like, yo, your identity is not in the things you make, it's not in the art you produce, it is in you being a creation of God, being made in His image. Like, once He was able to remind me of that, like, that kind of helped me to get brave enough to make art again, to like start to produce and make more songs. Um, and then, you know, another thing that helped me keep going was, you know, the freedom and that realization of like, oh, wow, I don't have to, like, I don't have to, I don't have to create with these lofty expectations of like, if I make this, like it has to get 20 million streams on Spotify. Like, no, it's, you can just make art because you love art. Like if you're a painter or rapper, singer, whatever, like dancer, whatever you do, like just make your stuff. It don't matter if the whole world loves it. Like you can just make it because you make it and you love it. And so I started to experience a little bit of that freedom. And then the third thing, which was probably one of the more most powerful aspects was people would periodically just send me messages, DMs, text messages, um emails and would just tell me these like really in-depth stories of like man like you know that song that you put out like a year ago like yo i just showed that to a friend of mine and you know she was considering you know taking her life because she felt hopeless but she listened to your song and she said she felt god and heard god for the first time in years and i'm like are you excuse me like <laughs> you can't hear something like that about your art and not want to keep making it at some point, right? Like hearing that something that God spoke to you or helped you through with whatever you're creating actually has the audacity to help impact somebody else's life and potentially save their life, like through the power of God. Yo, like, how could I, how could I sit in my feelings and be like, oh, nobody's streaming my music? No, if three people are streaming, those are three real people who needed to hear that message or just enjoy a boppy song that they can dance to and have a good time or celebrate. Like it doesn't like 50 million people don't need to hear what you've got going on. Sometimes you just need five. And I learned to love and cherish those five and treat them well and support them. I have, you know, people on my mailing list, my email list, like we have conversations back and forth all the time. I'll send out inspirational messages um, previews of songs and stuff, and they'll hit me back. Like, yo, here's what I'm going through in life. Like, thank you for sending this. And I'm like, yo, let's let's talk about it. Let's pray about it. I got you. That's the stuff that keeps me going. It's like, Grammys? Absolutely. I'm not going to see them be like, oh, man, I'm, I don't want to win no awards. Man, let's not trip. Uh, if I <laughs> win a Grammy or any sort of award, I'm going smooth off. You hear me? i showing up. Oh, yeah. Yo, I don't own a tux right now, but I will own a tux that night, bro. I will be so clean. You feel me? I'm gonna celebrate hard. Why? Because one, if you like, that's an that's an earthly accolade that points to your music making a big impact. So it's a big deal. But two, like, yo, as a Christian, like, when we're when something we created is impacting a lot of people. And it's doing good things. Like we can't be shy about 
celebrating that stuff. Like, yo, are you serious? Like, this is a major accomplishment. This is great. Celebrate it. Smile. Don't be shy. Like, oh, okay, glory to God. And he did it. Yeah, glory to God. But yo, you're dope. Like, you know what I'm saying? Don't be afraid to be like, yeah, I am tight at this. I used to, like, people would, you know, and I'm going I'm to stop on this question because I know I'm rambling, but people used to be like, oh, man, yo, T, that beat you made, you know, Godfrey, that beat you made, or that song you made, man, that was so dope. And, you know, I'd play that whole, you know, small Christian card, like, oh, can, you know, glory to God, bro. Oh, glory to God. Like, okay, obviously, glory to God. Like, shut up. Stop saying that and say, hey, thank you, bro. Thank you. Yes, I worked hard on that. Yeah, it is tight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I enjoy it. I used to be shy about listening to my own music. I didn't want nobody to catch me. Like, bro, are you listening to your own songs? Now I'm like, yes, absolutely I am. I love my music. I enjoy it. Like, why not enjoy what you make? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I digress. But it's it's it was those things, combination of those things and more that kind of helped me get back to it. And uh, I'm kind of in that season now where I haven't made any of my own music in a while. And you know, I'm starting to get those same nudges of people like, yo, when you when you gonna put out another song like that last EP was dope, like that last song was dope. And I'm like, okay, it might be time to start making some stuff again, but I'm not putting any pressure and rushing it and trying to have all these lofty ex expectations. Just having fun. Just make your art. I I just what I love about it is is that um because um, I feel like that's kind of a well the, this point in that you what you were saying sometimes the things that we do God just wants us to enjoy them it doesn't matter that anybody sees you or that if they don't see you it's like God sees you and that's what matters and when you begin to enjoy it it's like the love begins to flow and people can feel that oh. <laughs> I just think that's awesome and amazing and um I, I, I just do. I think and that you have that testimony of God just wants you to I want you to enjoy making the art. I want you to enjoy the gift that's within you. Mm -hmm. And then when you begin to enjoy it, other people can kind of benefit from it. And so mm -hmm. um, I think that's an awesome testimony. Very mm -hmm. awesome. You're talking good. Come so, on. It's your podcast. <laughs> I like it. Just hey, inspired man. by what I'm hearing. <laughs> inspired by what I'm hearing. Oh. <laughs> I think it's a it'll be a blessing to like um others to hear that because people need to know that sometimes that it's okay that you have um a small amount or you have a great amount that, that it doesn't matter the amount it just matters how you kind of um treat the amount what you do have mm. and like you said those three people still um are kind of worthy of you know getting that same ministering to as if you were ministering to a whole crowded room so i think that's an awesome perspective to have I haven't done a concert in a long time, but when I was doing a lot of concerts, like especially like a lo lot of local events and stuff, like I used to go the most crazy. Like I would go ham on stage. The moment I found out, like, oh, it's only ten people here. By the way, like, yo, I'm like, oh, I'm going off. I'm going off, off. This is gonna be the best intimate experience they have ever. Like, I'm gonna give it all I got, just like it's a stadium full of people because those are individual people who deserve hope and inspiration and entertainment and joy and love and attention just because they're not mixed among 10,000 people, 20, 50, 30, a million people. They don't matter. They're, they're individuals. So, you know, I would say to anybody, like if you're creating and trying to build an audience, yes, do that. That's great. But you're not going to build a great, a great solid audience if you're ignoring the people who already support you. It's not going to work. Awesome. Awesome. Because you have to, um, something that you said kind of captured my attention. Yeah. Um, just because those 10 people aren't mixed in with 10,000 doesn't mean that they aren't, um, that they don't deserve the best that you had to give. And when I think about that, sometimes like we be expecting, we can be in a, a room full of 10,000. It, it can be just those 10 people that you reach. <laughs> and so it's kind of like, <laughs> You reached who you were supposed to reach. <laughs> so I think that's awesome. I do. So uh, tell, kind of tell us like, and I know that this Zoom is getting ready to kind of um, come to a close, but- Countdown's going, do we you have to do another one. <laughs> we do have to do another one because this interview is not over. We have ran into a lot of difficulties to try to get to this interview. And <laughs> so whatever get all these questions it is- <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Whatever it is that God needs you to get out, 
and say to the world through this podcast, Listen, we, we are not going to put a limit on it. <laughs> yes. Yes, Lord. Shoot. We're not going to put a limit on it, okay? So this interview is not over. I'm with it. Take your time. Do you mind, good. Okay. Do you mind going a little further with me? Mm-mm, I got you. Come on. Come on with it. We're going to keep okay. it going. When we cover each other, OMG. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what I'm saying? We all in this thing together, man. Creative people, especially. We got to stick together. Shoot. We all on the same team. Got to stick together. That's right. Hashtag Team Jesus. <laughs> tuning in to the interview with God Frank. Stay tuned after the show to listen to his song, Forever Always. Welcome to part two of the interview. I got it. Huh? I, huh? In progress. Because we are in progress. Got it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to let you go. Baby, ask your questions. Yeah. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so when you um, kind of were, um, and I know back in college, um, I remember when you first started kind of like, um, I never went to a concert, but I know that I got the CDs and different things like that. And so when you were kind of like um, doing those concerts and those different things like that, did you have like the I would say, did you have like the full perspective that you kind of have now? And like, how has that perspective evolved for you? And when it comes to just ministry in general, so if Ooh, it doesn't make sense. Peter, oh my God, that's a great question. Oh, wow. I'm going to take my time. This is, I love this question. This is good. This is good. Okay. So when, first of all, thank you for getting my early albums and stuff. Like those were, those were the grind days for sure of like, I come from the school, yeah, they were. you know, taking, taking a little bit and making a lot with it. Uh, didn't have a lot of resources, didn't have a lot of money. So a lot of that was just DIY. It was, you know, well, you didn't meet me in high school, but in high school it was, you know, I would go to Walmart and um, buy those clear jewel case, CD jewel case thingamabobs and print out like i would burn my, all my albums i didn't have a mass burnery by the way it would just be one at a time on my little computer and i would burn like a hundred of them at a time design the artwork oh. myself some kind of way i don't even know how i learned graphic design i was just fiddling around print them jokers out at in my high school band room because i had good rapport with the band director so it was like yeah use the printer use the copy bro i, I wore they ink out you hear me black and white every time because i didn't want to get in trouble using color ink cut out the inserts by hand insert them jokers into the um clear jewel case you know cases close them up put them in my lunchbox try to sell 10 of them a day at least at school 10 bucks each hustle hard close mouths don't get fed on this boulevard so i developed a little bit of a grind that carried into college and you asked if you know how my perspective changed on you know, how I see the world and ministry and music and all that stuff. And it changed quite a bit. Um, you know, in college, you know, we had, you know, folks we were rolling around where we had a zeal. You couldn't say we didn't have a zeal for the Lord. Like we were yeah, all about that Jesus life. You hear me? And that was the first time I had been so radical about Christ. You know, I was just like, God had radically changed my life, had freed me from an addiction to pornography. You know, my freshman I think it was my freshman year of college and I was just like yo like I am going ham like yo I was I, I I was reading my bible so much like it was excuse me I was reading my bible so much like I was not doing homework I was <laughs> I was like missing out on pri- on priorities like we were doing focusing so much on campus ministry and trying to reach people and just like living right and you know getting folks saved and evangelizing like I was so on fire as they would say for the Lord. Um, but I think one thing that's different about me now than than then is that back then, you know, I had a little bit more of a legalistic approach. You know, my understanding was you have to, if you love God, you have to live right, quote unquote. You have to follow all the rules. You have to 
be perfect, essentially. You know, don't sin. If you sin and you don't repent, you're going to hell tonight. Like, wait, what? And <laughs> so it was, a, it was a very extreme version. Yeah, one, yes, it's great to obey the Lord, but we don't obey him so that he will love us more. We obey him and we listen to him because he loves us already. And, you know, as I got out of college, I started to learn about things like grace and learn about things like, oh, you're, you're actually saved by grace through faith, not by works, lest any man should boast. Uh, it's actually a gift from God. So I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Here I was thinking my salvation was all on me. Like if I screw this up, like I am not going to make it to heaven. Like I have to be perfect. Um, I actually used to, I used to have this prayer that this fearful prayer that I would pray anytime I heard like a loud noise or something I thought it was the rapture I thought Jesus was coming back like I would pray this little quick prayer it was like Lord oh father please forgive me for all my sins knowing and unknowing in the name of Jesus like it's like if I don't repent right now like there's a chance like I could not get to heaven when in fact I think someone explained it to me very simply one day it's like you know you didn't have the power we don't have enough power to save ourselves we didn't have enough power to save ourselves from hell and the grave because of our sin it was so weighty and such, yes, such a, a, a abomination to God that we didn't have the power to pull ourselves out of this. Only Jesus could have done it. And he did. And so only he has the keys to, you know, getting us in or not in. And that comes by putting our faith in him, not in our own good deeds and our own works, thinking that if we go to church enough, or if we shout hard enough, or if we give enough money, or if we pray hard enough, if we speak in tongues, if we fall out at the altar, thinking that that is going to make God happier and give us a better spot in heaven or guarantee us a slot in heaven. No, 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 no. Jesus did the work. He already did it. It was finished on the cross. When he got up and he ascended into heaven, it's like, yo, 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 guess what? Now you can have a relationship with my father through me. Not on your own accord, not on your own power, but through me. So now my perspective has changed because now I'm still on fire for the Lord, but I have a greater grace for the people around me. If I could go back, oh man, if I could go back, you know, I, I try, I really don't have a lot of regrets in life at all. Like it all comes together. It all adds to your story. God uses everything. But if I could go back to some of those relationships from college I know for a fact that I turned a lot of people away who were struggling with legit addictions and sins and vices because they're freaking human as we all are. I turned them away because I painted a picture like, oh, well, if you're going to come worship with us, like you got to be perfect. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this, 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 this. We're holy. We're separate. Like, no, you holy because God is holy. And when he looks at you, the blood of Jesus <laughs> covers you and he sees Jesus, his son, instead of your filthy mess, because your righteousness is as filthy as rags on your best day. You ain't tight enough to please God. So you need Jesus. And so I would have I would have had more relationships back then, more grace filled relationships with like, hey, yeah, yo, you struggle with such and such. Yeah. whatever. Yo, let me tell you what God has done for me and what I'm still struggling with. Like, yo, let's do this together. And had a perspective of, you know, now I see ministry as there's a lot of people who are looking for some kind of hope. You know, our world is jacked up. Like it, earth sucks yeah. sometimes, a lot, most times, right? Like Jesus said on this, yeah. in this life, you will have trouble, right? But take heart because he's yes. already overcome the world. So like we, he uses us as vessels to be a bridge for people who are trying to figure out how do I get from today where I am now in all of this junk I'm going through and this bondage and this depression and this anxiety and these vices and these addictions and these sins and these broken relationships. How do I get from there to peace, joy, some dog hope, right? Some faith. Like how do I get to a better life? And we Christians have the answer. We're the bridge that can help people get across like, yo, 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 hey, you don't have to do this by yourself. I know it's hard. I've been there. I'm there now. So come along. Let's do life together. Let's have lunch. Let's, yo, let's go have dinner together. Let's go to the calf. Yo, let's hang out. Let's, matter of fact, I had a pastor in Atlanta and I'm from, this is going to be my last point on this. I had a pastor in Atlanta who had one of the coolest views of evangelism and discipleship that I've ever heard in my life. And he was like, yo, 
you know, when it comes to evangelism and outreach, if you're trying to reach people, like Christians got to stop being so, got to stop being so uppity and trying to invite everybody to our church building and make our church building fatter. Like, come to our Sunday night revival. Come to our, you know, Terry service. We're going to be snotting and crying on the altar for five hours. That's great for you. But if I'm somebody who don't know Jesus, I'm not doing that. I'm not coming to the church to kick it for four hours. Like, yo, I'm, uh-uh. So instead, do life with people. Like, he was like, yo, Christians got to get better at throwing parties. I was like, wait, what? And he was like, no, not, not every kind of party, but like, be good at gathering people around a meal, around a celebration, around a good time. If, you're, if your daughter's got a three-year-old, you know, the three-year-old daughter, she's got a birthday party, invite all her friends and parents from the daycare or from the school. You're going to get a mix of people. A lot of them, some of them going to be believers, depending on where you live. Some of them may be atheists. Some of them may be, you, you know, of other faiths and other beliefs. You don't know who you're going to encounter. But now you have a, 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 a friendly environment. No pressure. You're not out there handing out Bible tracts and, you know, hey, do you know the Lord? Do you know? No, no, no. You want a hot dog, bro? Hey, man, you want some of these ribs? Get to know people. Do life with them. Spend time with them. And then eventually get to the story of, like, yo, like, they might look at you like, yo, what? Like, so what do you do? What do you, why do you do what you do? Like, what y'all doing this neighborhood block party for? Oh, you know, we just trying to love on people. Love on people. Like, that's, that's a little different, okay? And as you, over time, as you develop relationships, eventually, like, yeah, let me, you know about Jesus? Like, this is actually the reason why we do everything we do. Now you have a way in, as opposed to screaming at people from across the altar or in the parking lot somewhere with a bullhorn. You're going to hell if you don't repent. Yeah, miss me with that. I'm going to Burger King. You feel me? I'm not trying to hear that. <laughs> like, life is hard enough. Like, leave me alone. Like, come love me, Christian. Like, folks don't want to join the church because Christians are the worst at living out the fruits of the spirit. Because you wonder, do are people really walking in the spirit, walking with the Holy Ghost? Like, having the Holy Ghost don't mean you got a good dance. And, oh, every time the preacher preach, you, you gyrate and shake. No, having the Holy Ghost means you know how to love people. You got joy Come in your on. life. You got self-control, kindness, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. By the way, those are fruits that of the spirit, not of you. So you can't just produce that stuff on your own. Like, I'm just going to try to have more joy, 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 joy. No. You abide in Christ as he abides in you. And then your life starts to produce the fruit of you dwelling and being led by the spirit that's my view of how the gospel can impact every aspect of our lives not just what we do on sunday mornings that's just a part a place for us to come and get you know hey yo let's get some empowerment let's hear a good word let's fellowship together let's have a meal let's sing songs and hymns to our god whom we all love because we are a church we in here we're believers now let's get empowered to go out and do life with people from a gospel-centered perspective that's the view that has changed in me now I, you said uh you said a mouthful like in i'm sorry <laughs> i, I felt that thing <laughs> No. <laughs> what I'm saying is you brought out a lot of good points and um, the fact that, you know, you had this, I would say, almost kind of like condemning perspective, yes. um, because I, and I and I would say that, you know, sometimes like in, in life, you know, especially when you're when you're um, young and you hear all these uh, these you try to you hear all these principles and all these rules and these stipulations that you're supposed to follow. And um, and then it's like you try to do that and you love on Christ and you try to abide by it and then it's kind of like but life it's like God doesn't allow life to really just happen yet and then when life starts happening you begin to realize and see God just loves me for me and God is because of his grace and it's like you start taking more on like that perspective and that attitude so I just think that that's um it's so amazing how God would just take the little things and like the things in your life and the thing that's been like troubling you to make you feel like, oh, God is just ready and he's quick. He's ready to send me to hell. And God is like, no, I want to save you. I want to make you better. I want to love on you. I want you to experience those things in my life and your life. Just experience him more. And so I just think that um, 
that that perspective of how you know you started one way and then you had to um evolve which lets me know that you know and it hopefully let everyone lets everyone else know too that as you're walking with christ as you're kind of walking with christ sometimes your perspective and you have to be open your perspective has to change and you have to be open to god's leading and his pulling in the direction that he's taking you in and you have to be um take let this mind be in you that was also in christ jesus you're not going to have it all together when you're in your 20s when you're when you're your 30 something year old is going is look different than your 20 year old then you ain't 40 yet but when you get 40 <laughs> when we get the older we get the more we should um have more of a developed mind for christ and the heart that he has for people that's why i said you said a mouthful and that it was it was just a lot um and I can say through my own life, I feel like that that's something that within the past um, year or so, um, that's something that God has really been working with me on is just, I love you for you. You you can't do nothing to earn my love, Stacey. There is nothing that you can, uh, there is nothing that you can do to earn my love. I need you to accept the fact that Stacey, I love you. I love you for you. I love you for your, for, for what you consider flaws. I love you for just everything that you've gone through. I, I allowed it and I just love you. And that's when we take on that perspective of just, God loves us and there is nothing we can do that would stop him from loving us. Um, then it's like we can be more apt to spread that. And I know that we're talking about you as a, um, um, with uh, you being God frame and just Terrence. And I just I love how your perspective has grown and changed because I um, also recognize that perspective in my own life that has changed. And so, like I would say to you uh, concerning like the uh, people that you used to um, talk with in college and you said that, you know, you wish you could like go back into that moment and kind of um, really be able to minister the, to them in the way that you see now. So what would you say to someone who may have um, ran across you in college that you feel like you can um, say something to now? What would you say to them um, to kind of um, to kind of bring out this new perspective that God has given you? Yeah, uh, honestly, I think one, you know, God has really helped me to have some peace with that and that, you know, the things we were doing then and the, the messages that we were putting out and the way we were putting them out. He still got glory like. Like we're not, I had to stop yeah. thinking that yeah. I was so, so powerful that like, oh, whatever I do, if I screw it up, it's going to screw up God's whole plan. <laughs> like, right. Like that's, that's not the case. Like God is still sovereign. He is still powerful. And even if you jack it up, like his Holy spirit can still do the work that needs to do in people's hearts. So yes, some of the zeal of back then might've come across, like, you know, we was coming on strong um, and, and very legalistic, but you know, God can still get glory from that stuff. And so I wouldn't, you know, I've actually had one or two conversations with some folks, you know, kind of, kind of similar to this where, you know, we cross paths, you know, back during that time or maybe before then. And we had conversations and they're like, and I tell them like, Hey, yo, listen, I just want to say, you know, I'm sorry for, you know, how, how aggressive we came across or how, you know, legalistic I was then, you know, and trying to tell you to follow all these rules and, and instead of leading with grace and they're like, yo, first of all, it's all good. Cause we get like, we were, they were in the same mindset. They were thinking the same thing. Like, yo, yeah, you got to be perfect for God to love you. Um, but, and now they've kind of had the same, like we're on the same page. They're like, yeah, but now we're, you know, look at God's grace and like, um, hold on, sorry. Look at God's grace and like, look at, look at what the cross did for us. Um, and so it's kind of one of those mutual things where it's like, Hey, you know what? Yes, it was ugly then, but <laughs> we thank God for the growth. It was all a part of a journey. And so I wouldn't like try to go on a crusade and be like, Oh, let me go back and talk to all them people that I've screwed up. <laughs> like, no, it's, it was what it was. It was a time, it was a season and you have to, you have to be able to appreciate those times and those seasons and know that as your faith grows, as you evolve, as you learn more about Christ, like your perspective will shift a little bit. It should, you should continue to, to mature and grow in him. Right. Um, so that's, that's what I would say to that. You know, um, I, I, I know that, you know, you have like, um, we tend to kind of be a little bit harder on ourselves yeah. um, when we see, look back and we kind of see like the different things that we go, we go through and different things like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, Sometimes we do have to get over like really just um, 
how our perspective of ourselves. And I would say, when I look back, I did, and I'm like, I you know what I did go to one of his concerts. I forgot all about that. <laughs> and when I look back and I see those days, I saw what I remember most about it. I remember, I remember your zeal. I remember um, how you were adamant about just really wanting to win people to Christ. Yeah. And I remember that you had a passion for your music. And so like, and I know that um, I'm not sure if that's like helpful in any way, but uh, I feel like the, like you said, the light of Christ still shone through, even if you may have may feel like, you know, there are some areas that God could have worked with you on. That's a, that's a great place to be in to recognize. I still had room for growth, yeah. but I, I still see that the love and the light of Christ still shone through. Like you had a, you, you still do have a big personality and it shines. And so, <laughs> and I would say just, yeah, <laughs> and it shines. And so, um, yeah, that's that's what I remember most. Um, and I, I do. I I know I wasn't around you guys like uh, except for except for the breakout sessions and different things like that. But um, I really did appreciate the fact that you guys were like really um, you were gung ho Jesus all the way. <laughs> I mean, all the way. You hear me? All the way. <laughs> Very gung ho. Yeah. yeah. Gung -ho I appreciate you, I appreciate you sharing that though. That that's helpful. You know, I've had a few more conversations like that, but that, you know, I appreciate you saying that because you just never know. You never know how you're going to impact somebody with what you're, what you're talking about or the way that you talk about it. Uh, so I appreciate that. There was a moment during the breakout sessions that we have and the breakout sessions that we're talking about is because um, that was the campus ministry group um, that he, um, he was a part of when, in our days in college. And I remember that, um, I came up for prayer one day and, um, you were, I think you were the one that was doing the ministry. And the only thing you said to me, and I don't know, and I knew that this is, this is the moment that I knew that you were real because I was standing there and I was like, God, all I need is a, a, a touch from you. I just knew, I felt like if, if I just got a touch and you said, Whoa, all you need is a touch. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember that like little simple moment, that little simple moment. And I was like, wow. Yeah, I, I <laughs> you know, and, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm not, I was just going to say, so how, like going from your college days to now, like how does, how has your kind of like, how have you continued to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ? And like, how has that kind of, where has that taken you in life? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question. I think one, I think looking back on those times, like, yes, again, like, yeah, the methods may have been a little, little wild <laughs> and a little legalistic, but, you know, we still made some sort of impact. And I think now, you know, what that looks like is, you know, kind of like I said earlier, it's like learning to do life with people. You know, our, our old pastor in Atlanta um, used to say, you know, we do ministry where life exists, um, you know, not just within the four walls of a church. And so, you know, I spent like right after college, I spent a few years, you know, in youth ministry, like vocationally as a youth pastor um, at a church in Chicago. And, you know, I, again, kind of had one of those things where my identity was wrapped up in being a youth pastor, right? That was my whole shebang. And like, I thought that I was crossing off, you know, crossing a check mark off my, off my list and, you know, on God's good list, because I'm like, oh, every Sunday and, you know, every Wednesday I'm preaching in front of these kids I'm bringing the gospel. So like, I'm discipling people. Like, I was like, okay, I did it. I win. Right. Like <laughs> I don't have to do anything else, but our relationships outside of church were almost non-existent. Like, yeah, we had friends and they were church friends, but beyond that, it was like, it was like our whole world was kind of sucked up in you know, what we were doing in and around the church. And so it was like, it was all the events, all the, you know, pastors appreciations and all the, uh, what you call it, all the programs and all the, like, if you grew up in, you know, in black church, you know what I'm talking about when you say a program, like all the, all the trappings of what happens inside the four walls. Um, I became obsessed with it and I, and I attached that, my identity to it, to where when I was no longer a youth pastor, when I changed roles and eventually left that church, then moved to Atlanta, I really had kind of an identity crisis and couldn't figure out like, man, like if I'm not a youth pastor now, I'm not a preacher. Like what now? What do I do? Like, who am I? And I, I really was convicted by the Lord. Like, man, like now what, what does ministry look like for you now T that you're not, you know, 
kind of getting the easy road of doing it every Sunday and every Wednesday and checking it off your box. Like, what are you going to do now? How are you going to do life with people? You know, my next job after that was being a manager at a tech support company in Atlanta. Great company, great people, you know, 200 something folks at that time when I was working there. But it was like, this ain't no Christian company. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like it was a software company selling, you know, software to small businesses. And we're on the tech support team getting cussed out by people every day who are pissed off because they stuff ain't working. Like, what do you do now? You know what I'm saying? Like, so it was kind of a, it's kind of a crash course in, in one that I appreciated, like a crash course in like, yo, you got to figure out what your life looks like now and how you're going to reach people, even in spaces where it's not totally allowed because, you know, you're working at a job or, you know, where they may not allow you to express your faith openly. You know, they may have like certain clubs or certain groups or, you know, resource groups for that kind of stuff. But like out in the open, you're not just finna like bust out in the middle of the commons area and be like, everybody here should believe in Jesus. Like you're going to be fired that day. Right. And so <laughs> I had to learn, you know, I had to learn like, yo, you yes, believers, we all have a responsibility um, and a call and a mandate to make disciples and to do ministry where life exists. And so. Uh, I'm rambling, but but basically it it was just living life, living life outside of being, you know, someone employed by a church helped me to see and appreciate the relationships that I have with people in everyday life, like at work, at home, especially uh, strangers that I would meet, like just people doing life and realizing that, man, like it kind of made me a better speaker, a better preacher, even though I wasn't like you know, I'm not like a, on staff anywhere. It's like, oh, now I know. Now I know why I can't just get up in front of somebody and just start spitting out a bunch of scriptures and think that that stuff is going to land. Like Jesus told the parables that he told, you know, he would he would tell people a principle or he would lead with the story. He would lead with a parable that people could relate to in that time. The stories were were sticky. They were they made the message come alive because. Folks could relate to, you know, in Jewish culture, like, yo, when you say things like give us this day our daily bread, like how significant bread was in that culture. And like, that's not just a statement he threw out. He's like, no, 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 let's let me tell you these stories. Let me tell you these frameworks. Let me tell you these principles in a way that you can relate to it. And then, by the way, let me turn the corner. Now that you, now that I got you, by the way, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And God says this, this, this and this. Right. So it's like it, it transformed the way I communicated with people, even in my music, where it's not just, you know, preaching, 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 like scripture, 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 scripture. And like, you know, I used to literally like rap scriptures like, and just find a way to make them rhyme. It's like, no, that ain't. Yes. OK, hallelujah. Like you reading scripture. That's that's cute. But how are you going to help me as a single mom? And, you know, my baby daddy is ratchet and I'm out here trying to raise these three boys by myself and I ain't got no money. Like, what does Jesus have have for me then? Help me, as Kevin Hart would say, help me in my life. How to apply these scriptures, right? And which is why I think a lot of people, especially you know, black folks, you know, we seen a lot of folks leaving the church and leaving the faith altogether for various reasons. I'm not going to downplay to make it, you know, like I know all the reasons, but I know one reason because I've had conversations with some of these people who we have relationships with. They're like, yeah, uh, it's kind of you kind of notice a pattern. It's like, yo. I grew up in a church that told me if I shouted hard enough and I danced hard enough and I gave enough money in the offering plate that all my blessings would come my way and God would would supply all my needs and everything would be okay to be cupcakes and rainbows. And when in fact, when life hit them, like you said, you get a little bit older and real life start happening, like trauma starts happening and tragic things happen because life is ugly sometimes. Then it suddenly is like, yo, wait, what happened? I thought if I did this, this, and this, life would be perfect. So we sold this false gospel, and now they people don't know what to do with it. And so now they their whole faith falls apart because they're like, well, if I'm supposed to believe in Jesus and all good things will happen, if bad things start happening, then Jesus must not be good or he must not be real. So then they fall away or they go to other faiths or other beliefs. and, and, and Right? And so... I think I forgot your question because I ramble, but <laughs> that's what it started to look like for me now. It's like, man, just enjoying the everyday life and finding moments, you know, whether I'm speaking on a stage or not, or just playing with my kids, 
finding ways or having coffee with a friend, knowing that our the gospel that we believe and the life that we live should intersect everything we do. The thing that you um, keep saying, um, which is, um, I keep, I'm going to go back there to something that you said was, you have to minister to, you have to minister where life exists mm -hmm. and how you kind of brought that out and just being uh, working. I'm sorry, are you still there? Oh yeah, I cut the video off for a second because Jazz had to go get something out the office. Already, she gone. Back. I messed it up. There we go. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to do it discreet, uh, but it didn't work. <laughs> and I was like, hold on, good. We were having so many technical difficulties. I'm like, <laughs> I had to make sure. <laughs> yeah, it's been a hot I had mess. to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> but just uh, the ideal of just ministering where life exists mm -hmm. and just being reminded of the fact that. Um, if there is life around you, then that's a life that's around you that can be ministered to. Yes. And so um, I'm not going to um, um, keep on prolonging your time, but I just, I have been in, enjoying this conversation, just kind of talking about God and talking about Jesus and really just um, making it known that there is, there is a God named by the name Jesus mm -hmm. who wants to meet you where you are. Yep. And sometimes, you know, we forget the fact that Jesus met people where they were. Mm -hmm. He didn't try to yank them to where he, where he thought they should be. Cause if he yeah. tried to pull us up to where he was, we wouldn't have been able to explain it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it would have been impossible. <laughs> and so it's like, but he met us where we were and still, and teaches us daily and just, um, chapter by chapter of our lives, just how to come up to like, um, to where he is. And he doesn't, I would say he doesn't beat us over the head with the stick. If we don't get it right, or we don't, if we aren't perfect in the way that we, he thinks, or we think we should be. Mm -hmm. And so I just, um, I appreciate this conversation that I've been having with you on today. Sure. I'm not going to, um, um, continue to prolong your time. I appreciate it. Um, and if there is like anything that you um, would like to close a podcast out with, because we always end a podcast with a prayer. And before we do that, I want you to kind of, <laughs> if you have any last words of encouragement, I want you to be able to say that. And I also want you to be able to tell people where they can um, find your music. If you're they're interested in anything production, um, if you could give out that information as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'll, I'll start with the with the, the benediction part, I guess, is, you know, we've said a lot on this interview and I, I can't wait to, you know, I'm, I know that however many people listen to it, they're going to get something from it. And I'm excited to hear the stories that come Believe back me. to us and come back to you for your show. I'm sure you're going to get quite a few comments um, that'll open up a lot of conversations, but I'll say specifically, I've been talking a lot to Christian creatives specifically or Christian creators rather anybody, you know, who's making anything um, is one, like, remember that the reason that you're making this art, right, is to glorify him. So be encouraged in that. Even if you don't have a large audience or a large platform, know that, you know, people say that you have an audience of one, like it's kind of cheesy, but like you really do, like you yeah. are making things that are reminding people, right? Reminding people of how beautiful God is because of what you're making. And so it's special. It means something. And you're expressing a part of, you know, being in the image of God, being made in his image is being a creator or a creative type person, even if you're not in like the arts or entertainment realm, like the, the ability to have an idea and make it happen, even if it's a spreadsheet, um, is something that helps remind us and remind people of how good God is and how big he is. And so, so remember to, to treat your craft with reverence, right? Like, don't just be out here sloppy, making anything. And, you know, unless that's your thing, you just want to make trash art, like whatever, do your thing. But like, <laughs> hold it in reverence and knowing that like, yeah, do a good job. Yeah, be dope. Yeah, be unapologetically good at what you do because you are reflecting a God who is absolutely perfect and a master at all things, including creativity. Um, the other thing I would say is, you know, who knows what people are going through as they listen to this. They might listen to it two, three, four or five years from now and maybe going through a tough time. So I always like to encourage people like, hey, you know, Jesus did say in this life we will have trouble. 
but we can take mm -hmm. heart because he, he's already overcome the world. And so what you may be going through now, whether it's a small thing or something that's completely traumatic and just overtaking your life, know that nothing that you're living through is too big for God to handle. It may be too big for you and that's okay because we're not supposed to carry these burdens around and these weights, right? We're supposed to cast our cares on him because he cares for us. Um, right. he's, he's got plenty of arms, plenty of shoulders, plenty of, plenty of room on his lap for your stuff and for you. And so if you haven't prayed in a while, if you haven't read your Bible in a while, ain't been to church, ain't been to a city group, a life group, D group, whatever you call them, if you ain't been there in a while, I encourage you to get back to it and know that you don't have to earn your way back to his presence like he's waiting for you so be encouraged in that and uh we look forward to seeing what you make for the world oh and you also ask awesome. stuff. that's my benediction yeah, yeah. My stuff you can find everything the best the best place to find all my stuff is godframe.com www.godframe.com um, and you'll get links to all my socials, all my content, you know, videos, my podcast, which will be launching uh, in the next few months. So that's a little awesome. <laughs> podcast listeners. Uh, I haven't announced that officially yet, but um, we are in production on that and we'll start production next month. So be on the lookout awesome. for that. This is a good, you know, little test run for me. You feel me? See if I can actually do this. <laughs> stuff out i was actually i'm practicing too like just make sure i can actually do this thing clearly i can because i talk a lot um so you know regular inspiration and creative tips and and find beats and songs and like all the stuff i do you'll find it at godframe.com godframe.com awesome well we thank you for just um it really shedding some light, especially when it just comes to like how God has really transformed your life. Um, appreciate you for coming on the podcast. It was so good to do an interview with you. You encouraged my heart along the way. On, huh? <laughs> so I'm pretty sure you think it. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure someone else will find it encouraging as well. I hope so. I hope so. I really so we always. Myself. I appreciate you. So we always end the podcast with a prayer, and I'm going to go ahead and pray this podcast out. Um, so, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord God, for your strength, for your grace. We thank you for your love, God. We thank you, Lord God, for just um, coming in our midst, Lord God, and really just sharing your heart with us. You are a great God, and there is none like you in all the earth. We thank you, Lord God, for blessing God frame and the endeavors that he's doing, Lord God, and just allowing him to be more of a light in the world, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for touching his family, Lord God, and blessing their lives, Lord Jesus. And thank you for preparing them for whatever ministry, next level of ministry you have for them. We thank you for your love. We thank you for uh, everything you're doing. We appreciate your many wonderful blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I pray everybody will support and be blessed. Yeah. This is where the theme is. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I see you crying, drowning in your tears. I see you tired, running from all your fears. Yeah, that's that same spirit I ain't give to you, cause I'm here for you. Even in the darkest night, I'm swooping in to come get you. Lift your head up, I don't know what you scared of. Don't you know there's nothing I ain't ever been aware of? Yeah, and you can trust me, cause you'll never be forsaken. Seem like everybody else left you, but I'm staying. That's what's been defeating you And they're abusing you Now you hurting and confused You alone and you don't know what to do Try to get help from your friends But they ain't worth talking to Cause they don't know the struggle They don't really know what you done been through They don't know how many lonely nights That suicide sound good to you And that's real life when you realize they ain't quite care 
Feel like everybody's another heartbreak in your nightmare. But I'm right here. You don't get it. I'm right here. I know you can't see me, but I'm breathing all your life's air. Through every situation, problem, circumstance, I am stronger when you weak. I promise you, I got a plan. I know you made mistakes, but that won't keep me away. My love has no expiration. Everything gon' be okay. Just keep your hand in mine. I'll give you some peace of mind. Black and gray, they won't go away when you lie.